Namaste and welcome to Kiracity, where kids share, learn and have fun together. I'm your host Samachita and this is episode 18. Is zucchini an evolved form of a cucumber, Maldives and Astea? I have recently started following the Pokemon series and find the entire process of evolution very fascinating. One small Pokemon, when trained well and when it goes through enough battles, evolves into a next stage Pokemon. My favorite Pokemon is the Chikorita, which is a grass type Pokemon and is only there in the West. So, when I went to the supermarket recently, I wondered if Zucchini was an evolved form of a cucumber. Is email an evolved form of mail that comes in a post box? What do you think? Write to me at hello at kiracity.club. Welcome to Discover Yoga. Yoga is an ancient Indian system, which is the practice of bringing balance to our body, mind and soul. This week, we are discussing the concept of asteya or non-stealing. What is stealing? Most people think it is taking someone else's belonging without their permission. But there are many other aspects to stealing according to yoga. Keeping something with us beyond the time permitted by the owner or using something for a different purpose than what it is meant for is also considered stealing. Stealing usually happens when we want something that others have and may not have the means to get it ourselves. But how can we practice asteya or non-stealing? First, Understand the difference between a need and a want. We learn this concept in our school. For example, if you don't have a single pen, you have to write something. It is a need. But if you have 10 pens and feel like you need one more, it is a want. If we are happy with our needs, we will have less feelings of taking something that others have. Similarly, if you borrow something for a certain use, returning it in the same condition on time is also practicing Astria. For example, if you borrow a pencil or eraser from your friend and return it broken or after 10 days, it is a way of stealing from them. Lastly, even stealing someone else's thoughts is not the right thing to do. For example, If you are in a group project and present someone else's idea as yours, it is stealing. Also, if you don't help out in the group project but take the credit for the entire work, it is stealing. Similarly, if someone is speaking and you interrupt them in between, you are stealing their thoughts. You can even steal emotions by being negative, being angry, Lying and stealing someone else's emotion of happiness or any other positive emotions that they have. If all of us understand the difference between a need and a want, respect others' possessions, their time, their effort, 
emotions, we will be practicing our stare. It's now time for some good news. September 22nd was the fall equinox day of 2020. On this day, the entire earth has roughly 12 hours daytime and 12 hours of nighttime. For most parts of the year, countries closer to both poles have either long days and short nights or long nights and short days. But two times a year, every part of the earth has equal day and nighttime duration. This day also marks the beginning of fall in the northern hemisphere and spring in the southern hemisphere. Many countries also adjust their time by a few hours. One good effect of the ongoing pandemic has been on the environment. We have all heard the news about people being able to see distant mountains or rare animals or bird species clearly. This week in Hong Kong, the residents were treated to the sights of rare pink dolphins in the bay that is usually busy with ferries that run between Hong Kong and Macau. Also called the Indo-Pacific Humpback Dolphins, these dolphins are one of the most protected animals in the region and the lack of commercial activity has helped in its conservation. The Indian Premier League or IPL cricket tournament kicked off in Dubai this week. The matches will be played over the next two months with the final match being played on the 8th of November. Eight teams representing different cities in India are taking part in this edition. Former Indian captain Mahendra Singh Dhoni will be retiring after this tournament. This tournament is being played after many months and all cricket fans around the world are excited to cheer for their favorite teams. Here's wishing all the teams good luck. And that is all for this week's good news. Are you ready for your virtual vacation? Get your backpack, sunglasses, water bottle and say hello to one country. Then amazing day. The third country is the idol nation of Maldives. Number one. Maldives has over 1,100 islands, of which only 300 are inhabited, which means that there are people living on these islands. It is also the flattest country in the world. Its highest point is only 7 feet and 7 inches above sea level. Number 2. The official currency of Maldives is Rufaya. During the medieval times, shells were also used as currency. In fact, some of the country's coins have cowry shells as in homage to the money of old times. Wouldn't it be awesome if we could use shells as the currency? Number 3. The official language of Maldives is Divehi, but English is also widely spoken due to the many tourists that visit the country every year. Atoll is the only word in English that is derived from Devehi. Its original word is Atollu, which translates to a ring-like formation 
of coral island surrounding a lagoon. Number four. A dhoni is a bow-shaped boat traditionally built using wood from coconut trees. Many of the sailors of these boats still don't use a digital navigation system or GPS. They use the bow of their donies, the stars, and in some cases, the moves of the lagoon surface to navigate around the islands and atolls. Number five, corals are a very important part of Maldivian landscape. The islands have a coralline origin and the sand is white. Only 5% of the world's beaches have white coralline sand. In fact, until a few decades ago, Maldivians used to build their homes using corals. The activity is now banned as coral reefs are in danger of destruction and extinction. Number 6. Maldives was the first country to conduct an underwater government meeting. In 2009, government executives in scuba gear and oxygen tanks conducted a meeting underwater to raise awareness about the effect of global warming on the island nation. In fact, it is believed that all islands in Maldives may completely sink by 2030 due to global warming. Number seven, the culture of Maldives is influenced by Indian, Sri Lankan, Malaysian, Arab, and African cultures. It is believed that the country was set up by an Indian prince. Number eight, tourism and fishing are the main industries in the country. Some of the traditional dishes are garuduya, which is a fish broth served with rice, lime, chili and onions and mas honey, which is a smoked shredded fish served with grated coconuts and onions. Number nine, Padu Beru, which means a big drum, is a traditional dance and music performance which features drummers, dancers and singers. Number ten, the main religion in the country is Islam and Ramzan is the most important festival. It is a beautiful country with many islands dedicated to underwater life exploration. It is sad that this country is on the verge of being submerged in water. If you get an opportunity, visit Maldives soon. This week, we have a very special interview with the general manager of Sheraton Maldives. He's an Australian citizen with Italian roots and has traveled to many countries across the world. So, hello, Mr. Emilio. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. And thank you for the opportunity to chat this morning. Thank you for the opportunity to chat with you this morning. Uh, you're most welcome. So, like you said, my name is Emilio. Uh, I'm the general manager here of uh, Sheraton Maldives, Full Moon Resort. Um, I've been in this industry for a very long time, 37 years. I, um, I'm married. I have two beautiful daughters. Our baby is 22 years old and our big girl is 25 years old. Uh, both girls live in Australia. My wife is Australian. Um, I'm Italian. So I have family in Italy and family in Australia on both sides. Mm -hmm. So the first question is, 
now in COVID, travel has been impacted a lot. So, but now more positive things are happening. So, can you tell us more about this? Yes, of course. So, obviously, everything was disrupted uh, in 2020 this year. Um, everybody was um, either too scared or not able to travel for different reasons. There's a lot of restrictions. Um, but there's a lot of positivity now um, because of the vaccine releases in some countries that's being distributed. Um, and I think in areas like the Maldives, um, there's a lot of positivity because it's very safe here compared to cities, compared to other areas. So if you come to the Maldives, one resort is one island and it's very open, there's no closed spaces. Um, so the risk um, in a place like this is very minimal. So whilst there's still some concern about people going in planes and being close to other people, the measures that have been taken across the world uh, by countries, airlines, hotels, resorts, are very, very strict to protect people as much as possible. So if you go on a plane, you see that everyone is wearing masks, face shields, the filtration system in planes is very good, so there's very little risk of anything happening in a plane. Um, if you come to places like the Maldives, you have to do a test and make sure that you're not positive before you come. So I think um, there's a lot of positivity. Um, and I think that after eight, nine, ten months of people not traveling anyway, everybody really wants to go somewhere. Uh, and the Maldives is a perfect spot because it's very close to a lot of the Asian continents. A lot of these countries are open to come to the Maldives. Um, and there's a lot of um, uh, free flow and free passage between the Maldives and a number of countries where you don't have to quarantine because the Maldives are so safe. So. So that's good to know, and I surely will visit Maldives again. I certainly I hope, hope so. <laughs> so the next question is that you seem to have a dream job, so of being a general manager of such a big resort. So was this always what you wanted to be when you were a child? Um, actually, no. When I was a child, um, I used to spend a lot of time with my uncle, who was a carpenter. He had a big workshop, all these machines, beautiful timbers. And I always told my parents, when I grow up, I'm going to go to university, but then I'll be a carpenter. Then as things turned out, I went to university and I did a law degree. Uh, and I was studying law and then I was working in restaurants and bars at the same time just to have some money to pay. Um, and I liked what I was doing in restaurants and bars. So when I finished law, I decided, no, this is not what I want to do. So I went and did a hotel management degree in Switzerland. And that's where I started in this business. So it wasn't my original first thought, uh, but I still like to make things in timber, so I make furniture at home when I have time, and a few things. But the real job is this one. This one pays the bills, the other one's a hobby. <laughs> so that's good to know, like, that it turned out to be what you like now. Yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So moving on to the next question. Now, now um... Um, you travel to a lot of places across the world, so which one is your favorite so far? It's really hard to say because um, I've, I've moved 32 times. Um, I've traveled in hundreds of other places for holidays and I've enjoyed every one of them. So everywhere I've been to work, whether it's in a city, in the tropics, on an island, I've always had a great time, I've always enjoyed it. Everywhere is very unique, everywhere is very different. Um, I haven't found one place to work that is my favorite out of all of them because everyone has always had something that's a little bit unique. Uh, and a lot of them are beautiful places, uh, beautiful islands like here in the Sheraton Full Moon. Um, I've worked in, in uh, remote uh, mountain areas, I've worked in, uh, in cities, 
uh, and everywhere has its charm difference. So what I'm doing right now is I'm still looking for my retirement place um, and I use this moving around to find the perfect spot so I can retire somewhere, but I still haven't found it. <laughs> so thank you very much. So actually one more question, sorry. Um, so this resort is 50 plus years old. How did you manage it so well? So the resort, this one is, is one of the original resorts in the Maldives, and you're right, it's almost 50 years old. Um, and to maintain it um, is a lot of work. So I'm not sure if you've seen it in the last few days, but every morning there's people walking around the resort very early to pick up leaves, to paint the buildings, to do different things. So the maintenance is very, very strict on the island like this. And then obviously every few years we redo the rooms, uh, we refurbish the furniture, the inside, the outside of the rooms, uh, the jetties, everything. So everything gets done constantly all the time. The roof, for example, the Cajun roof, every 12 months we're replacing it. So it's a constant process and you'll see it around the resort. There's always one roof being done at some stage. So like, I think yesterday at the water sports center they were replacing the roof. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> so we just keep on going around the resort. As soon as we finish, we start again. Yeah. <laughs> so that's good to know. So that means you're always working. To always keep the working. Well. Yes, always working to keep it as, as good looking as possible, as presentable as possible. Mm -hmm. And to try and make something that's 40 years old look like it's almost brand new. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you've achieved that. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. So thank you for your time. So the final question is, um, you're an Italian, but also a global citizen. So can you tell us one thing that the world can learn from Italy? Um, I think there's probably a number of things, but everyone will tell you that about their home country. Um, I mean, there's the food, the fashion, the cars, the fast cars, everything. But I think the one thing that's really important in Italy and for Italians um, is the closest that they have with their family. Uh, and the lifestyle, this, this joy of living that is very um, evident everywhere in Italy. And even when things are tough in Italy and, and there's not many jobs um, and, and young people can't find work, there's always this family unit, there's always this joy, there's always this support that, that everyone has in Italy. And it's very similar to a lot of other cultures. I think it's very similar in India, it's very similar in China. The family unit is very strong. But in Italy, on top of that, there's this, this happiness about being alive. Uh, and everybody lives really well with very little. They have a great, great life. So that's good to know. Yeah. So thank you for your time. You're very welcome. <laughs> You're very welcome. So see you later. We'll see you next time you come to the Maldives. Yeah. Great. Goodbye. Bye-bye. <laughs> we are at the end of the show and I want to leave you with a funny riddle I heard this week. Here you go. How many months in a year have 28 days? Take some time and think. What was your answer? Well, all of them because each month has at least 28 days. If you got that right, congratulations! Until next week, 